And thank you uh, to J.S. Bach for leading us in there. Another classic tune. You know, he actually composed that song with this podcast in mind. Yeah, no, I, I did, uh, well... He was a very smart man, so yeah, he probably could think. Very forward thinking. People thought he was insane. Um, he just kept on saying podcast, podcast. In English. And he had two thumbs up. And he was like, I don't know what to do with these thumbs. And he was saying this all in English. Yeah. And he's a German guy. It's pretty cool. I, I enjoy Bach. I enjoy his this tune. Um, but I saw you, know, you dancing there. Thank you. Uh, I've been trying out some new moves. My dance instructor, Philippe. Mm-hmm. He's been a big inspiration. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him mm. as well. Uh, we should but, have him on the show one of these days. Yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm, yeah, definitely. He's been talking nonstop about it. Huh. It's kind of annoying, actually. Also, I would like to do a shout out to the On Cinema at the Cinema crew. Oh, I've heard about that, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington, uh, they do some great work over there. Um,. I was kind of inspired by them to like about movies. Like they review movies, mm-hmm. we just talk about yeah. movies. I hear they're really good. Like they they do a lot of good work over there. No, I think they're very informative. Greg mm-hmm. is a great expert, uh, and Tim uh, brings the flair mm. and he produces it. So uh, maybe one of these days we can have them on the show. Yeah, and vice versa. Shout out to uh, Tim for getting acquitted for his trial. Oh, nice beating the rap. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a tough time. Yeah, I was the, scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I'm just happy everybody's, you know, okay. Yeah, well, listen to their shows. What is it again? On Cinema at the uh, If you cinema. want some good quality information, very objective. Season um, 10. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's good stuff. Anyways. But on to our stuff. Um, so we have, first we're going to talk a little bit about, um, this, uh, you know, today in, uh, film news. And we actually have two Count them. Let's count them together, Zach. One, Deus. two. Guess Deus. what? That was that was good for those French speakers out there. Now you can actually tune in. Um, two but, news things today. <laughs> two news for two thumbs. Um, so we uh, first the one that I thought was pretty interesting is Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh, of course, the famous director of Sex Lies and Videotapes, um, has a new movie out called Unsane. And it's now out in theaters, and the reason why I'm talking about it, though, is it's a movie entirely shot on uh, the iPhone, um, which is also done with um, the iPhone 7 Plus, to be exact. Um, which Wait, was really? A- it's all done on iPhone? I thought it was. it's premiered only on iPhone. <laughs> when Did I just, just said that? it was on theaters... <laughs> Oh, wait, what? what is going I on? Just said it I'm just going to let you keep going. I'm sorry. Anyways, it was shot on an iPhone 7 Plus, so it's not like that crummy iPhone 7. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. But anyways, uh, it. but also the movie uh, Tangerine uh, by Sean Baker. iPhone 5. Uh, that was the iPhone 5. Mm-hmm, so maybe the next one, it's all odd numbers. So the next one's going to be the iPhone 11, which hasn't come out yet. Right? No, 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 it'd be the iPhone 9. My bad. The iPhone 9 will be the next movie. So, any of you young filmmakers out there who's looking for something trendy, you got an iPhone 9 lying about. Hi. Hello, say hello to it first. No, no, but hi. Yeah, hello. I'm I'm going to I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, it's you. I'm going to do it. Yeah. All right, well. I'm going to do it. Odd number iPhones. That's that's the way to do it. But anyways, uh it 
I mean, I saw the trailers for it, and, like, I mean, it looks like it was shot on an iPhone, and it's kind of hard to make a cool, you know, a cool trailer that looks like it was shot on an iPhone. So I don't think mm-hmm. I can really glean too much from just the trailer. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not doing, you know, the best reading-wise. Like, if we're going to do the Rotten Tomatoes thing... Uh, it's got a seventy-eight percent, which I guess is good. Yeah, right? that's good. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, but it's I, I got probably... a, it's got a six point eight on IMDb. Yeah, it, I mean, it looks to be like it's doing fine. Um, if you like trendy movies like that, I don't really even know what it's about. Um, I just know it's got a bunch of um semi, well, not no names, um, but it's. It looks cool. I don't know. It's it's so directed by Steven Soderbergh. You would Soderbergh? Is that his name? Steven Soderbergh? That doesn't sound right. Steven Sod Soderbergh. 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 Yeah, and it's also edited by Steven Soderbergh and oh, and shot by Steven Soderbergh. Kind of cool. So he he really just wanted to shoot on an iPhone. Nice. Um. <laughs> so it's... I don't know. So and then as for the second news. Uh, which is pretty, I think, is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam? Ugh. We, yeah. Terry Gilliam <laughs> is uh, the guy from uh, who directed Brazil and... Um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, one of my favorite films. One of the, you know, one of the original Mighty Python guys. He Wait, is... what? Oh, yeah, he directed Holy, uh, Holy Grail. Uh, yeah, he co-directed. Yeah. Um, and he did all the artwork mm-hmm. for Mighty Python. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did all the, uh, like, Wow, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, he was the only American on that, uh, on that team. Everybody so we're really else... hyping it up, but go, go ahead. Anyways, time. so Terry Gilliam, he is finally coming out with his long-awaited movie, uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, which has been, it's kind of been a legendary film, and it hasn't even come out because it's been in so much financial rut. And so much back and forth um, that it started in the 90s. It got canceled. Someone quit or died, dropped funding, and it's finally been made. So it just came out with a trailer. Trailer's pretty cool. I would check it out. So there's a bit of uh, two news for you. Yeah. No, yeah, double the news. Really um, good. We should start doing things in twos. Yeah. From now on. Nice and two. Um, but also... Um, yeah, go check that out. But also a clarification: I actually realized that I, I kind of mentioned that you know they weren't really no-name actors in Steven Soderbergh's film. Uh, they actually I do have names. I like the frames. No name. Yeah, is kind of be- very belittling. It's very well. The I fact mean, that like not only do you not are you not known, mm-hmm. but you have no name. I think the reason why people say that is like to a producer. Yeah, I guess. Um, or someone who's making a film. From what I've experienced in the film business, it's very black and white. Sometimes, you know, um, I mean, like, it's either, wow, that was good. It's either, wow, that was good, or that's the worst. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I, yeah. they, it does have named actors. Uh, it has Jay Farrow, who was uh, SNL. Um, and also it has Juno Temple, uh, who has been in a few movies. Juno Temple. <laughs> Uh, she was in, uh, the most recent, um, uh, Dark Knight Rises, um, and she's been all, you know, she was also on vinyl, Scorsese's HBO thing, um, but yeah, she's been around. Anyways, uh, so that's our two news for the day. 
Two news. Two news. Okay. Make the sound effect, Zach. Anyways, we're going to get on to our topic of today. Someone uh, who isn't talked about nearly enough. But has a whole documentary on him. Has a... Okay. Who, yeah. I'm, who directed that documentary? Do you know? I don't know who directed it. All right. It. Well, we'll, we'll look into it. But there is a documentary. Um, so his name's John, John Cazell. Um, and John Cazell more than likely have not heard that name. Um, but you, if you like movies, I mean, you've definitely heard of Godfather and Godfather Part 2. Um, and he, so he was in uh, only five films over a period of six years, and all of which were nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. And this includes The Godfather, The Conversation, Godfather Part 2, Dog Day Afternoon, and Deer Hunter. Wait, who are we and, talking about? John Cazell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he appeared also in archival footage of Godfather Part 3, but who cares? But apparently that was also nominated for Best Picture. Ugh, wow, yeah. what a... I didn't even get through Godfather I Part 3. I watched the first 10 seconds, oh, and yeah. I, I, got... I was like, this is obviously different. There is something very much different about this film, and I it's... I already knew that everyone hated that movie, so I was he like, was I'll give it a man. chance. He was a broken man. Is that that's, why? I think that's why. Bro- I think after Apocalypse Now, it, you know... It just, I mean, it destroyed him. Oh, oh, and, the, and his documentary was called I Knew It Was You, which was screened at the 2009 uh, Sundance Film Festival, uh, and it was directed by Richard Shepard. Um, nice. So watch that. I mean, that, that'll be more informational than this podcast, but uh, we just we want to give him his due diligence because, I mean, just look at that filmography, and he is so... Wait, can you edit this part out? gone you know i'm not editing that out please <laughs> that's not gonna be edited out okay. but anyways he is so instrumental Chinese uh, i mean <laughs> go on, <laughs> go on. Right, each anyway. one of those films yeah i mean they, i haven't seen the conversation have you seen the conversation i have seen it he's in the conversation i don't think he's in the conversation it, well that's that's what it's saying. He's in the what? conversation. He's in the conversation. Yeah, he's in. That's one of the five films. My goodness, that's w- so weird. I don't remember him from the conversation. But he's just like the perfect actor who plays like a really meek but powerful character. A guy who's meek but also wants respect. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, him as um, the Godfather guy. What what is his name? Not Sonny. Fre- Fred Frito. Fredo. Fredo, yeah. Yeah, like, that's perfect. The whole line, like, I'm and that was, smart. That was his first film. No. Godfather? Well, this is saying he was only in five films. And Godfather was his first one? I thought Conversation came out. No, no, no. Godfather came out first. Interesting. I, yeah. Wow, I'm learning a lot of stuff. I, I, hmm. Conversation is regarded as a very great film. Also, um, what's his name? It was uh, in that. Um, oh, my deal. Well, Harrison Ford. Did you know that? Really? Harrison Ford is in uh, in conversation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford also has a very interesting... He was... A lot of the, these actors got into... So, Godfather, Godfather Part 2, and... Um, what was the other one? Oh, yeah. and The Conversation was all Francis Coppola. I mean, he And that a... he was kind of the... He was the... The early 70s was Francis Coppola's time. Um... And I don't know. And, and I'm also reading now that he he still he started out as actually a photographer in New York City. He moved to New York City, mm. um, 
and he worked as a cab driver also. Oh, a taxi uh, driver. Yeah, and he, he was a went, originally went to Oberlin College, transferred to Boston University, um, and moved to New York, as one does. Uh, and he supported himself on photography and looked for acting work, and he did few shows here and there. Um, and he actually uh, met Al Pacino when he was a messenger at Standard Oil. I think and this-, this is Pacino, a quote from Pacino. When I first saw John, I instantly thought he was so interesting. Everybody, everybody was always around him because he had a very congenial way of expressing himself. So apparently he just was instantly... It's one of those things where you really think about like what what would have what would have been if he was still alive cuz he died unfortunately of cancer that's why I don't know I I don't know I think he would have maybe possibly gone the way of Al Pacino uh, yeah like do you I think mean, he would gain a like Al Pacino in my mind didn't start becoming like something you would make fun of you know like you know there's certain actors who have like like uh, like he's very like now, when you want to make fun of Al Pacino doing Al Pacino, you gotta do something like this, yeah. like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Yeah. Um, you wouldn't really. I personally don't think you could do a make fun of Al Pacino. He didn't have. He was just an actor. Now he's a, like a Jeff Goldblum type, you know, way. He's he has a way of talking, mm-hmm. Christopher Walken. So maybe who knows? Maybe uh, John would have his uh, like. Maybe he would have been a shtick. Maybe he, he would have had a shtick, yeah. Yeah, maybe we would be doing John Cazell bits. All right, yeah. You, I mean, it was he was really sad when like when he died, but it's it's hard to talk about how what to expect with these actors after they died. I was thinking about this recently. Mm-hmm. What would have happened if James Dean was still alive? I think it's the same, you know, same thing. I mean, they would go on to do some great movies. I think he would have honestly. Who knows? Maybe he would have quit and gone back into into like. Uh, theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I doubt that. There's n- I can't w- name one actor who quit and went back to theater. Nobody. A lot of them try. Like uh, Bruce Willis. Well, I don't think Bruce Bruce Willis. I think might have been in theater, but like he started. He got into into film, and then like he would did. People go back and do like one theater thing, mm-hmm. just to like do it. But they always go back to film. No one just quits and goes back to theater, unless you're like Patrick Stewart or something. No, yeah, I don't think. Unless I mean, you're like, like, yeah. Thing is, is once you're a movie star, you just you stay. It's kind of yeah, you're kind of bit. I really, but that's the sad thing is like, on one hand, it's really sad, obviously, that they died. But on the other hand, like, they probably it wouldn't have been. I mean, it's gonna sound really insensitive, but like they wouldn't have been as iconic. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of it not with not with film, but if you think about it with um, music, like the Beatles, John Lennon is probably the most iconic Beatle. Yeah, I could say like, that. Like I, I knew of John that. Lennon before I knew of any of the other Beatles, and mm-hmm. I knew about him when I was like five. See, I knew about Paul, really? Paul McCartney. Yeah. Well, First. okay, I don't, I don't know, but I, I always just thought of John. John Lennon has a legacy. Like he, since he died, he's had. He he is forever eternal. Like he's he's eternal. You know he's he's. Yeah. But Paul McCartney, he's kind of you've seen him. No offense to Paul if you're listening, but uh, he's he's just turned into like his music is not really relevant anymore. Who's Paul McCartney? Paul McCartney? Are you kidding me? Do what you think his wings anymore? Anymore? 
What do you mean? Like, listening to, have you listened oh. to his new album, New, at well, all? Well, think about, like, John Lennon's. I mean, have you listened to his entire album of Imagine? Yeah, but Imagine was pretty... That's pretty... one song. Okay, but there's been no songs off of... Okay, this I'm is getting... Just, I'm just saying, I, I mean, John Lennon may have, like, quit and become an activist. I'm just saying we can't we can't know, and I, I I guess I'm more pessimistic in the fact that if if they did go on these any of these celebrities who unfortunately passed, they wouldn't have as much as an imprint on cinema. But I think the reason why I also wanted to talk about John Cazell with this one is he doesn't have enough of an imprint on mm-hmm. film. Like he's he his time was too brief that he didn't. James Dean had three movies. Yeah, though. I mean, he's, yeah. James he, Dean had three movies, but for some reason, he embodies the fifties. John Cazale was in five movies, all of which nominated. Well, I mean, Jimmy, I mean, John Dean was only in three. Yeah, but okay, but he should have been more. That's why yeah, I'm saying but he like, should have been more you know, well known, since he was only he was in five movies that were all nominated for Best Picture. I think the reason why these, uh, uh, like, I mean, John Cazell isn't remembered because he was always the supporting actor. He was never the main actor. Mm-hmm. And also, no offense to him, he wasn't really a looker. Mm. I mean, John Dean, he has that really nice, and he was also poetic. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a, a hippie. Not a hippie. Yeah. Not a hippie. He was a beat. He was into the beat. If he lived longer, he probably would have released uh, a book of poems, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, while John Cazell, I mean, he was just a great actor. Yeah. I mean, John, that's exactly right. I agree. Like, John Cazell, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't the face on the poster. No. He was, so, he was, he was the side, he was always the side guy. And he did it really, I mean, you I can't... mean, he started peaking with Deer Hunter when he was like, he wasn't Christopher Walken, but he was the person across the, right? Yeah, no, yeah, he was, he was, uh... the, he was the person that went insane. No. I don't think so. Oh, no, no that, that was Robert De Niro. No, it was... That was Christopher I, Walken. No, yeah, he... Christopher yeah, Christopher Walken, Walken went insane. Robert crazy. De Niro was the one that... And John Cazell was there. I think John Cazell, yeah, yeah, he wasn't... Yeah, once again, he wasn't... So it's really sad. Like, he, he was always, like, the side... But he's remembered because... Honestly, I think he's remembered just because he had such a great filmography and he was fantastic in every movie. And also, probably because he... Yeah. only was in six films like yeah. i mean that's insensitive but that's and his and, and his movies were just uh, like it, they're all classics they're all classics so besides maybe the conversation i don't know much about class, the conversation. that's a classic i mean people use that as a like a class like people think that's a masterpiece. yeah but if you haven't seen i mean i assume if you're listening to this you've seen the godfather if you haven't you know finish the episode i mean finish this podcast yeah and then go see and then it. go see it yeah um but you can also uh, um, Dog Day Afternoon. I think is one of the most underrated. I love that movie. That is such an amazing film, and what? he is amazing in that yes. with Al Pacino. I think it's Al Pacino's best acting. I agree. I think that's both him. Before and... this was right before he became like a caricature. Yeah, a little bit before he became a caricature, but it was like the peak right after Godfather. I think it's Serpico is when we started to see a little bit of. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't now, but. He he starts doing accents and he's gonna. Oh, um, but oh yeah. well, then Scarface was like the epitome of. Oh yeah, that's De Palma. Yeah, doing that. De Palma. I love De Palma. De Palma. I would yeah, be well, okay he... doing an episode on him. Um, could we? Uh, let's let's uh, do the book. 
Ah, let's do the book. Yes. Okay. So this is a um, chapter from Charlie Chaplin, my autobiography. Oh, uh, when right. I said chapter, it. I meant a paragraph, still from the prologue. Yeah, you're. All right. By the way, Sam is now officially taking over as the reader. Because Zach has a, a very serious condition. Do you want to talk I about it? I have. Uh, uh, I was. I fell down a, uh, a flight of stairs and then bit by this diseased uh, monkey. Mm. And now I have um, um, dyslexia. Mm. Mm. So. I uh, I have to live with that now. There you go. So. Well, anyway, here we go. Talking about Charlie Chaplin, who did not have dyslexia. No. Um, but he also died. Anyways, uh, the room was more depressing this Sunday because Mother had, for some reason, neglected to tidy up. Usually she kept it clean, for she was a bright, cheerful young lady, not yet 37, and could make the miserable garret glow with golden comfort, especially on a wintry Sunday morning when she would give me a breakfast in bed. And I would wake to a tidy little room with a small fire glowing and see the steaming kettle on the hob and, and hoddock or a, or a bloater by the fender being kept warm while she made toast. Mother's cheery presence, the, the coziness of the room, the soft padded sound of boiling water pouring into our earth, earthenware teapot while I read my weekly comic were the pleasure of a serene Sunday morning. Now, comment down below if we read that last week. I, yeah, I wasn't I gotta exactly tell, sure. I got to tell you, um, I may want to take over. There was no emphasis on that. You read that like I was I, Well, I was, I was more confused. Can I, can I see that? <laughs> can I see the book? I'm not going to reread this, but let me just – where? Why I had a post-it note in here. This kid ruined my whole system. That's not funny. We didn't. We, we didn't even read the last one, I don't think. No, we did. We did. See, it should have been read like the room has more. What <laughs> the room was more depressing this Sunday because Mother had for some reason neglected to tidy it up. Usually, she kept it clean for she was bright, <laughs> cheerful, and still young, not yet thirty-seven, and could make that miserable grunt glow with golden comfort. You read it like this, you know they may be falling asleep now. And also, uh, comment okay. below. Yeah. So let's uh, quickly uh, do our review. All right, so we're going to wrap up with review. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, we're talking about Ready Player One. Well, I, I, I'm going to talk we'll, about it. We'll Ready. both talk about it. I thought it was a good movie. It was fun. It was it was a little bit on the nose, mm. uh, which is, yeah, I mean, like, you go and see a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, his movies are kind of, I mean, my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's an on-the-nose movie, you know? There's, there's the characters have a problem they have to go off and uh they have to conquer something mm -hmm. i thought it was good yeah i recommend it it's i mean i think you could probably go see it just on a on a tv mm -hmm. but if you want to spend the extra money and be like hey, i, forget I you. would disagree i i felt like it could only be seen in theaters because it's really it's only appeal for me was the the effects like it only looked cool see, i thought the, the story I... was really i thought there were some parts that honestly seemed beneath Spielberg. Like, there was... or I mean, that's that's a big thing, but beneath, like, a good director. Like, it just seemed... Like, there were some editing things that I thought was kind of choppy. I was not... In my opinion, I feel like Spielberg has been going slightly downhill ever since, like, Lincoln. I, um, I like well, ever Lincoln. since... Uh, I, I think since Catch Me If You Can. Like, he did that, and then ever since then, he hasn't been, you know, Spielberg. 
Lincoln was pretty good. Warhorse, I like Warhorse better than most people, it seems. I mean, dude, like, I like Warhorse. I don't know. What did you do after that? Uh, I think Lincoln. No, 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 Comment no. below. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyways, he, he, it just seems like this movie was just complete fodder for theater. Like, it wasn't anything. Like, it wasn't exciting. I, I and, I, okay. and apparently it doesn't match the book at all. And it, there was nothing really to be attached to about it. I wasn't, I wasn't happy after watching yeah. it. I mean, it didn't make me go, "Wow." Yeah, I, I mean, was... watch it. I guess yeah. it's cool. It's if you like. I feel like if you like video games, that was another thing. I feel like a lot of the things kind of went over my head since I'm not as into video games. Um, but if you like video games, you might like it. If you like '80s culture, um, I also just didn't like the idea of them trying to figure out this video game which was basically the inside of this this one artist's like mind like they try to just do everything that this one artist like trying to live up to his like his his world and stuff yeah i didn't like how they that was like deemed a good thing Mm -hmm. i felt like that was (laughs) you know what i I feel like that was kind of like a messed up world is like you're you're just doing everything that this one person and you're like deifying this one person i want to i just i want to talk to you sam off uh screen Mm. uh because it's about the ending of the movie Mm -hmm. that i just realized is kind of dumb and kind of a bad message but well we just turned it off so you can go ahead oh we did yeah yeah, we turned it off. Go ahead. Okay, fine. Um, so at the very end of the movie, spoilers, spoilers. Um, at the very end of the movie, they you know they take control of the whole entire oasis, right? What? Yeah, no, the two guys. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The yeah. two guys. Yeah, yeah. They they all control the oasis. Yeah. And the very last line of the movie is like, you know, they're talking about all these changes and how um, oasis is now more universal mm-hmm. and everybody can use it. Yeah. And then they say, the one thing we decided to do is, you know, turn it off on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Because getting to know each other is a good thing. What would you do if you turned off the entirety of the Oasis, huh? They talk about how they live in a world where they... <laughs> it's like turning off the internet. I'm just, No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, or maybe this is just the beginning like they turn it off on thursdays and wednesdays and then eventually it's like fridays and saturdays i'm just saying like they live in a world where they stopped caring about problems maybe that's the problem maybe oasis is the problem i mean the guy who created oasis did not seem like he had it all together yeah that guy honestly it seemed like everyone was just turning more insane he was not an altogether person i mean he definitely People were, it's so weird, people aspired to be him, like, they wanted to know everything about him, but he was this weirdo who who was afraid of girls. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, actually, to tell you the truth, that's the weirdest thing I think about that movie. I, I mean, people want to emulate Bill Gates, but not everybody in the world. Yeah, I don't want to, I'm not. It's, and actually, okay, and it's wait, not like I don't that... know why I just used Bill Gates, he, and Bill Gates wasn't, like, a, like he was a successful Man who I he who is married and is a you know straight narrow yeah, guy. Yeah, don't but, offend Bill because he's, he's. I'm an just avid saying listener. the guy that they all aspired to be was an introvert uh, guy who wanted to escape reality. If you had to give it a scale from three to eight, yeah, what would it be? Three being the worst, or no, three being the best, eight being the worst. Uh, I give it, I give it a five. You know, it, it didn't. 
change my life. It didn't make me go, mm. huh? You know, it was good. Yeah, I think good five, movie. five, four point. Yeah, five. Yeah. I think five. It was really just a movie. Honestly, the the one thing that kind of pissed me off was uh, some of the editing was just kind of weird. Oh yeah, the editing was weird, and also actually some of the direction. Yeah, honestly, Spielberg. Honestly, no offense. To, oh, sorry, producer. Oh yeah, it's but Steven yeah, Spielberg. yeah. He's I mean, we producer. we've have a we've had a conversation about that. Yeah, he's he's not gonna pull anytime soon. He honestly is relying on this podcast this is, right now. This is how he makes his money. This is how he makes most of his money. We don't get paid for this. We just give everything to Steve. Uh, yeah, we're uh, yeah. I live in we have to break even. He gave us a, a billion dollars for this, and we have to. Yeah. He has to break even first before we get a profit. Fun fact: uh, uh, Ready Player One was shot on an iPhone. True, it was actually an iPhone too. Yeah, yeah. They had this idea as soon as the iPhone came out. It was like <laughs> we might as well shoot our next Spielberg movie. Ste- Steven Spielberg though is a really great director, so he made it work. Yeah, he made it work really well. But most yeah. of it was animation anyway. So yeah, and Steven Spielberg just dancing. Yeah, he was. He was, he was, he was the. <laughs> He was the animate like he was the guy with the balls on him the whole entire time. Like all the animation was him. Like he refused to have an animation yeah, guy. He just like put the balls on me. I can do it. He's a weird. Uh, I would love those behind. <laughs> I wonder if Spielberg thought he was like the main person of Oasis. I think he. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've heard about Steven Spielberg's like his him growing up. His mom like. Talked about him as if he was a monster. His parents were going through a bad divorce. Um, like he was a monster? Yeah, I think I remember hearing something that, like, his mom thought of him as a monster growing up. Well, we're going to end on that. Sorry, Spielberg. Uh, I mean, I didn't say that. Question to you. Did your mom, who is still alive, think that... uh, That's impressive his mom is still alive, honestly. Uh, His mom is dead. Oh, (laughs) shh. Just to let you know. Wait, really? Yeah, 